0: Welcome to A Creative Life with Castella
1: and Samantha Lawrence. I'm Cass. And I'm Sam. And we like to think of ourselves as your creative business besties. This podcast is all about living your best creative life. We're here to guide you through the ups and downs of life as a creative entrepreneur.
0: All whilst following your intuition and listening to your soul whispers. Let's dive in. Hey Cass. Hey Sam, how are you going? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so, so excited for today's
1: episode and our very special guest. How are you going? Yeah, I'm so, so good. And yeah, I'm really excited too, to speak to this um, amazing designer, if you want to introduce her.
0: Yes, we have the beautiful Angela from Saffron Avenue coming to us from America. Welcome, Angela.
1: Hi, hi. I'm so excited. Let's dive on in okay let's start Sam because you've pulled a card to, to kick us off so let's let's hear what you pulled yes absolutely so I've pulled a card
0: with the intention to support Angela's journey that she's going to share with us today we're so grateful to have her here and the card is the mouse spirit so I've gone with the animal spirit cards today so I know Angela's a fellow animal lover so mouse spirit is tend to the small things. The humble mouse pays attention to the smallest details and mouse spirit calls on you to notice the nuances and the fine print at this time. In your eagerness to meet your goals and pursue your dreams, it's easy to forget the importance of clear communication and tending to the little things, including people's subtle signs that they're unhappy, as well as the small voice inside of you that says, this doesn't feel right. Take your time to sniff out what you need to know. Is there some detail or nuance about how you engage others or operate in the world that is your key to success? But maybe you've too readily dismissed it as nothing big or nothing special. Mouth spirit reminds you that what seems small may be more important and powerful than you think. So look again. Do not underestimate yourself or your potential for co-creating something amazing when you pay attention to the details. Does that I resonate with you, that. Angela? That's amazing.
2: Well, it's just funny, because I've probably said that a couple of times when thinking about some of these things we're gonna talk about is details. So that's very appropriate and I
1: love it. Ah! Oh, amazing. And, and, I'm, and I'm so excited to hear how that comes up through this conversation. Because when you think about the detail, it can be so many things like your work and then yeah, just those little quiet, intuitive whispers that you're like, ooh, should I listen to that? Or like, should I keep going? So. Anyway, let's, let's get into that later. But Angela, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about you. Um, for anybody that, that doesn't know about you or your work, tell us a little bit about you and yeah, and what you do. Yeah, so um,
2: obviously I'm Saffron Avenue,
1: maybe not obviously, let's be honest,
2: <laughs> but I'm Angela Saffron Avenue. I am a brand stylist, uh, graphic designer, show website developer for small creative, well, just creative businesses in general. Um, but I truthfully just really want to help creatives find, um, clarity and confidence in their brand and their website and their online presence and everything like that. And I typically do that through, of course, custom branding websites, but I also have my online shop, which offers all kinds of good, like resources, workbooks, semi-custom brands and website templates and Calligraphy stuff. It seems like a lot, but it's all very fun and creative.
0: (laughs) is It actually is a lot. Like your website, I go on there, I'm like, oh, and I want this and I want this and I want this.
2: Like you have so many amazing offerings. There's a lot, yeah. <laughs> but that's like kind of the whole gist of it is a lot, comes down to really good um like heart-led branding website designs that really reflect you as a business owner, um, to have personality, have heart, but also have strategy.
0: Amazing. So Angela, we would really love to hear your story, like how you got to this point in your career. But, you know, at A Creative Life, we mix spirituality with business. So we'd love to know, like, along the way, what sort of nudges maybe you got or feelings you felt, like, even in that card, how that, you know, it came up, or maybe Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel right. Like, if you've had moments like that along your journey to bring you to this point, because it's been an amazing career. Yeah. I mean, it's
2: crazy because I feel like, I knew I wanted to be in the creative industry, in the creative realm since I was little. I mean, like I was sketching as soon as I can remember. I mean, trying to figure out how to do still life. And like, that was my thing. It was always being creative. But my mother was also very creative. My dad did like, you know, a lot of creative stuff too. It was just in my blood. I mean, my brother did photography. He did like wax designs and stuff like that. So I knew that was going to be my path. It was just kind of like, what did that mean for me? Um, And I feel like I share this a lot, but it all kind of started with the wedding planner, JLo, and it realized like that is my path I want to take seriously. And this is when I was in middle school. So I was like, how does that work as a middle schooler? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean for me? Um, But as I kind of got into high school, I mean, every single project was overwhelming, like every binder I did was so overly designed <laughs> and I knew like, <laughs> that was my, that was my happy space. I hated writing. I hated talking, hate all that stuff. Um, but the creative creativity and art was my thing. Uh, so as my kind of journey evolved, knowing I want to do wedding planning, I still went to college. Um, but I worked myself into working with a wedding planner, kind of like lied about interviewing her, um, to just get in there a little bit. And I started working here with a little white line. Yeah, it worked. (laughs) Um, But that's really, I think, like when I realized my passion for graphic design, because I was doing like stationery and stuff like that. And, you know, I wasn't really all about the planning side of it as much. I mean, I love being organized, but the creativity side was like huge to me. Uh, But if you kind of like fast forward even more, like because I said I started with stationery design, I moved to North Carolina on a whim, kind of, um, quit my job, moved there and the thick of a financial, I feel like job market collapse. pretty much. It was terrible <laughs> back then. Um, but I'm like, you know, I want to pursue this design somehow, some way I'm going to be a wedding planner or whatever that might look like. Um, mm. but I, I guess like kind of to like, maybe not share too much of my journey. I don't know how interesting that actually is, but I really found out how much I love design. I worked for a cupcake place, um, which I'll kind of reference that later probably too. But in between that, I realized a lot of my little nudges, I would have to say were always came from me needing to just reset and just do something creative for myself. So I love that. It was really like, you know, cause like I said, like in, when I was living in North Carolina, I worked for a law firm doing marketing stuff. I worked for this cupcake place doing like assisted stuff slash designing cakes and cupcakes and all that stuff. Um, but then I also had my little Etsy shops so where I was doing like pattern designs and like, you know, those fun little like calling cards and all that. But I was so busy all the time that I randomly just went to Michael's one day, bought a pointed pen and some ink and some computer paper. And I was like, I'm just going to teach myself calligraphy. Like there is no resources, by the way, in 2010. Yeah, <laughs> there's no online courses. There's like maybe one traditional calligraphy book on the market at the time. Um, but I just knew I was like, I need something, some sort of outlet for me to challenge myself in a way that isn't for profit, for work, for anyone else. Um, But the crazy thing with that is because it started as this passion, it slowly evolved into, well, wait, I can actually use this for branding and clients. And that's like really when like I started learning different lettering styles and like that attracted more people. And I was, you know, like different brands. And that was kind of like it evolved into a direction to take with my journey of being the possible brand designer that can do various lettering styles, which at that time, wasn't like a huge thing. So that was like one little nudge. But then even over the years, I feel like it kept kind of popping up in different ways. So like even finding the iPad Pro when it first came out, mm. I bought it to like sketch on. But I was also just doing it because I'm like, I love creating art. Like I just want a watercolor on there. I want to create these cool abstract things. And that kind of It was just for myself, but that also started to evolve into, wait, maybe I can sell these brushes in my digital shop for fun. You know what I mean? And that, of course, (laughs) grew into offering lettering and all that stuff and into workshops and calligraphy stuff. Um, So, yeah, a lot of it, I guess, realized that it was just how important creating for myself was and how much it fueled my soul, which then created the path forward in a way.
1: That is just the biggest, biggest takeaway right there, isn't it? Like (laughs) that lesson though, like to, rather than the other way around, Angela, you know, like you're not trying to think of an idea or a creative business or how can I, how can I make money from being creative? Mm -hmm. Like it's, you're doing it in that such an organic way of what lights me up, what um, you know, makes me feel like I'm just playing and having fun mm-hmm. and being joyful, and then, and then it just all exudes from there, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And just you know, it just flows from there. Do you feel like, because you you have so many offerings now and you're so busy in your business now, do you feel like you still need to find something just for yourself away from your business, or do you feel like you get that from all the different aspects of your designs at the moment?
2: Yeah. So I guess like not everything you create for yourself should be part of your, you know what I mean? Like that does not mean you need to sell it because trust me, I get so many people, even when I share like art or anything, and they're like, are you going to sell it in a shop? Are you going to do this? And that is not always my path is to just make money off of it. No, sometimes it's literally, you should just do art for yourself. But that being said, um, yes, I, in the last couple of years, I think it was actually before the pandemic and everything. Um, I was so overwhelmed and so insanely busy. I think I maybe started my shop templates or something like that. And I realized like, I'm going to just lose it. I'm like, cause everything I'm doing was just too much for me. So I remember I just like bought a new set of watercolors and I sat out on my deck for probably a full day. And I literally just started sketching on a notepad, looking at a photo of a tulip. And I'm like, I'm just going to create a really realistic, watercolor tulip. And it took me hours. And my husband's just like, let me just do my thing because I ignored all my emails. And I just sketched and started painting with the tiniest little brush, the most detailed watercolor tulip. And it was like this moment of like, I could breathe again because I had to do something for myself. And like Mm I said, nothing happened with it. Like, it's not like I offered watercolor classes, you know, people like ask me about it. It's not like I... Took it for print. I actually framed it and gave it to my mom, and like she has it now in her, like, you know, her apartment. So, like, I still make the time because I realize I get all caught up. And even more so now, I focus on like just doing puzzles or like just coloring because I feel like everyone, everyone needs that little release of creativity, whatever that looks like. It's so important. Mm. Absolutely.
0: So so important. You're like this is just music to our ears, Angela. Thank you. <laughs> so I mean, the thing is, like, the life of a creative entrepreneur is not easy. It's not the easiest road. So, like, these days, what gets you out of bed mm-hmm. and gets you excited to do another day in your business?
2: So I feel like I'm I'm so lucky. Like, it, partially just because it is very very rare for me to not want to get out of bed and work, and I'm. I'm so beyond, like, I can't even tell you how grateful I am because I know I'm so lucky to have that in my life is to have a passion for something and be able to do what I love every day is something I don't think I can ever explain fully. Um, But I think a big part of it is just knowing that in a single day can be so different. Like I might just be sketching a logo all day, which is like my happy place if I could just sit and sketch a logo all day. And I think that's what kind of always brings me out is because I know at any point in my day, I'm going to be doing something fun. If that makes sense, like something creative. Yeah. If that, Like I said, if it's a logo, if I'm creating a semi-custom brand, if I'm just creating an Instagram reel that's like with my hand lettering or whatever it might be, it's just fun. And my brain usually has to go into overdrive because I'm like, ooh, what is this design puzzle I'm going to do today for like my client's website design? Or what can I do different for this client for this logo design that's different, you know, unique and more creative or whatever it might be. So I feel like that always just like puts a little pep in my step to be able to like run to my office with my coffee and yes. like dive on in.
1: <laughs> yes. It's like, what what's in store for today? Like these little surprises. And I'm not the most,
2: um, I'm getting better at scheduling up my days for sure. But it, you know, there, maybe there's some beauty in not having it perfectly planned
1: out, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you don't know what inquiries are going to come your way or, you know, it's so nice to leave that white space, isn't it? To really allow the magic to yeah. come in and
2: yeah. I guess one part, which I like edit at the end, like in my little, you know, notes to talk about it, is like, I love my office, which is a, it's great. Cause I've not, I know not everyone can have an office space but I tell you one thing I feel like as a creative or an entrepreneur or anything like that like how important it is to have a space that you're comfortable in um Mm -hmm. because that literally for me personally and I know a lot of designers I know like calligraphers, anyone even having like a sunbeam hit your face is really like motivating but I think just being surrounded by something that is that feels comfortable and that could be whatever that looks like for someone it can be in a dark room whatever it is but for me i think being surrounded by like plants and having like my desk perfect <laughs> perfectly clean and having like my tulips out or whatever it might be is so important for my creativity so i think that also like kind of peps like i said that pep in the step is to have a space that you're comfortable in and
1: that inspires you mm. is really important absolutely i couldn't agree more We talk about that often, don't we, like just having that space that inspires you and you can feel that peace and you don't have, you know, the dishes and the laundry, like if you're working from home, (laughs) Um, (laughs) there reminding you that, oh, you've got stuff to do. You just need to like go into your little zone and be inspired and yeah, Mm -hmm. a a place that you feel yeah that it's just all about you and your creativity rather than everything else that's going on in the world so yeah i love that that's such an important point um you have such a beautiful distinct style angela it's so refined it's so detailed we absolutely love it and i'm sure that it was an evolution that it came you know over time mm-hmm. um but can you tell us a little bit about that journey of Uncovering that style for you, and and what that looked like to really put this signature look to really say this is me, this is my brand. Like, how did that evolve?
2: Yeah, like you said, I mean, I feel like a lot of it is always evolution of style. Like, I mean, that is just life in general. Everything is going to change over time. Um, but it is kind of crazy because I don't know. It was like a month ago or a few weeks ago. I was going back through my blog. Oh, I think it was like for my new website that I'm doing. Um, I want to see what my first blog post was back in whatever year that was. Um, but it was so fun to actually go back through and see my blog posts. Cause I used to post like once every couple of days and like, that's crazy. Wow. I, obviously I was obsessed, um, and had <laughs> more time than I thought, but <laughs> I loved actually seeing all the designs because it did. I mean, it evolved of course, but like, there was some consistencies throughout or like that I would notice of my design and like bringing this back is detail. Like I really, really care about the tiny details. So like the card <laughs> in the beginning. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, and I've heard this before from clients and like, you know, people seeing like a Saffron Avenue designer or whatever might be, um, is the focus and the balance of capturing the like the perfect Curated creative details. So for me, I tend to use like a specific hand lettering style, or if it's like a little sketch, or if it's like an overlay on a website, or a line, or it's just stacking the tiny little fonts together that are different. It's creating these tiny little detail elements, but balancing it with clean space. So Mm -hmm. usually, like if you go back, if I went back through my designs, like nothing was too overwhelming. Like I might use a lot of color, but then you might not see a lot of different fonts. So it was like this, this balance of keeping it really creative, but not making overwhelming. And a lot of times that is, yes, using my lettering or calligraphy or whatever that might be, but balancing it with something that's like not overly feminine, um, but still very like cohesive and creative. So I don't know if that really answers it. And I feel like I hear people say like, oh, it's. Like someone just emailed me, like, you know, I'm working on her semi-custom brand and she's like, I want to be able to, you know, identify my brand just like I can always identify yours, which in my head, I'm like, how? Like, what do you mean? You're going to, I don't understand. What do you mean, Saffron Avenue style? Like,
1: what do I do? <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. I love that because um it's really funny, Angela. The same thing happened to me when I was uncovering my style over many years with all my different painting mm-hmm. styles and I remember the exact conversation someone said to me oh like you I love your style I'm like what style <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's so beautiful because you are doing what comes naturally to you and what you are just yeah organically gravitating towards mm-hmm. and that is that is like building upon itself this um, consistency that people are starting to notice, but really you're just doing what it's coming from, from inside, like, and you're projecting that out as opposed to, you know, or oh, what's trending at the moment or, you know, looking at what other people are doing. You're just really doing what, yeah, you feel is right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's obviously building upon itself and, and people are starting to notice that you have this amazing style. So
2: yeah, I love that. And I have to say, like, it's, as I'm designing my new website because I'm going on 10 years, which is crazy to to think, but my like big relaunch rebrand and everything next month is having me kind of redo my branding, which is frightening, you know, because like I, I'm doing something a little bit different yet trying to maintain it with trying not to be too trendy at the same time. It's like this really weird balance but still I'm like, I want it to look really retro because I'm obsessed with like the fifties and sixties. And I love that style, but I also really like clean, bright stuff. It's a weird balance to try to create. Um, God, I hope I'm doing it right. But with that being said, (laughs) I also notice a lot of my personal brand and my personal style and stuff plays into a lot of like my interior style too. Um, and Mm. that's kind of that balance that i i love which you can probably kind of see my office a little bit but like the neoclassical style which is that very like nice trim work and everything like that paired with like mid-century style so it's a little bit more masculine looking and like but still very cool cool is the yeah. good word to use for it it's cool but it's classy i don't know my balance but it's not overwhelming there's not a lot of color but it's still very detailed with like the molding and like all that so I don't know if that makes sense.
1: We can't wait to see it. Oh, <laughs> oh my I, God.
2: I want to see no, it. No, I'm building of it up. No pressure. No, I'm building it up way too much. It's not that cool. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's not that cool. You've shared so beautifully, Angela, how your style has sort of evolved over the years. How has your business evolved? Like as a whole, what has that looked like for you?
2: I mean, I would have to say like in terms of actual like offerings, you mean, because that's like the deep, like the nitty gritty of the business, are you wondering?
0: Yeah. I, and and however, I suppose mm-hmm. that um, resonates with you, how you feel it's changed yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I think, I mean, like a big part of like the evolution of my business um, personally, well, maybe I'm going to shift this a little bit because this past year is a really big year. I feel like for me, for my business and everything like that. So for example, like I said, it's the 10th anniversary. Um, it's year 22, 2022. My birthday's April 22nd. You know, there's a lot of big things that are this year for me. Well, maybe like, okay, next month. So it feels, and I feel like (laughs) I've always, what I'm trying to do is like push myself to make myself uncomfortable. And I think as a business owner, you should always be a little bit uncomfortable in all aspects. Mm. Um, And I feel like for me, that uncomfort comes with I mean, this rebrand, which is a huge thing, but like being on podcasts is very uncomfortable for me. Being in video is uncomfortable for me. Hiring is uncomfortable for me and I'm pushing myself to do it. So that's a huge part right now. Yes, it took me 10 years. So like, again, for anyone listening who is like in year one or two, it can take time. (laughs) You keep learning. But I think for me, that evolution of like, is just kind of deciding, like, I'm, I want to make a change. It, it's important to me to change because I want to keep this business growing and lasting, um, yet still feel true to me. So like with that being said, like I am trying to push myself harder and I hope in this next kind of phase, I am offering a couple new things in my business, which is going to kind of change the direction slightly of my offerings, which is really exciting. And I don't want to share too much because I don't want to like overpromise over <laughs> promise anything. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like oh, I
1: might back out. of that
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say, but I am, I did hire two people. I am on podcasts. Wow! So it is, and I am launching a new site and so a couple new offerings. That is a big deal. And I think that's a huge part of business is just pushing yourself into the uncomfort zone.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Taking those little risks and, and doing things maybe before you a hundred percent feel ready. Yeah scary. I don't think that answered your question,
2: did it?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I love that answer. No, I but
1: absolutely that. that's, that's, that's yeah, how your business is evolving and changing. And I think that's actually a really, really important um, point, especially for maybe businesses that have been around for a little bit, you know, not to, you know, get too stale yeah. or for you though to still be excited and almost like nervous <laughs> about like that nervous excitement, like yes. what's next or Or like how can I give my brand longevity as well? I think that's such an important thing because in this creative industry, Mm -hmm. things are changing so much and in the digital space, like you would probably see it more than anyone, Angela, especially with, you know, with Show It Mm -hmm. coming on board, Procreate, your templates. Like this this is also new still really Mm -hmm. to so many people. Like some people are still, if you don't know about Show It, Get on it. <laughs> Look at Angela's website because the show it is amazing. Um, but I'm still finding people are still discovering this platform as well. Um, and things just happen so quickly. I mean, there is, I do have to say
2: like, if there's something I've learned in like 10 years of being a brand designer is, I am always surprised how much like, pe- there's so many people in this world and so many people starting businesses every day that there will always be someone that you will help in your business, if that makes sense. So, like, mm-hmm. even with Show It, like, even if it becomes, I mean, really huge, there will always be someone who will not know about it or want to be learning about branding or want to or need to, need a yeah. logo. There's just, it's always this evolution. So, like, for me, even with other brand designers who have been popping up more and more, that's great. Like, there's, for me, it doesn't feel like a competition because there are so many businesses and people and creatives who need that you know what I mean like yes. so I feel like I think that kind of plays into just having community too over competition which is a whole nother subject but yeah absolutely I think that's important just to know that there's always going to be people out there needing help and needing us I guess you can say
1: yeah absolutely I can definitely tell in this time of you know COVID in these last couple of years I think more people are starting businesses mm-hmm. than ever.
2: Mm. I feel like
1: there's just been this boom of like, okay, let's recalibrate. What do I really want to be doing? And what can I do working from home? Yeah. And there's so many more, more people entering this industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to just, I guess, yeah, come at it from there is room for everybody and we all have a place in this industry. I just want to find out, Angela, like in regards to your business and your journey, um, you know, we like to think that there's no... Right way of doing things. So there's no like linear path Mm -hmm. when it comes to your creative career. And we really have to trust ourselves as to making those decisions um, that feel right for us. And maybe it's not the norm, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's not what everybody else is doing. And is there anything that you can think of in your business where maybe you know it was all the podcasts are saying to do this. And you're like, mm, no, that doesn't quite feel right. Like could it be email marketing or social media or Instagram reels or something where it's like, okay, everyone's got to, everyone's got to do this to be successful. But you're like, actually, no, that doesn't quite feel right for me. Um, I'm going to do it this way. And and it's worked for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is always this like push
2: or this like pressure to be on Instagram try TikTok or like, you know what I mean? Do all these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me personally, I just know like I am not one. I will try to get uncomfortable, like I said, and do video, but I will never be the one showing my face every day on Instagram or creating those TikToks that are trending or like that's just not who I am. And I think as a business owner, you need to always kind of check yourself to be like, am I doing this for me? (laughs) <laughs> am I doing this just because I think it might be what I'm supposed to be doing which I mm-hmm. I do have to say it's great to try because yeah. I did I you know I tried to show my face like every day and I think that lasted 10 days um <laughs> and it was really hard for me but like that personally for me is a big point of like I'm not comfortable with video but I am comfortable creating a lot of idea pins for Pinterest that are like tips and like Artwork and so mm-hmm. like that. So like Pinterest for me is my like safe space and like my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, I still love Instagram. That's great, but like there's certain things I won't do that are just not part of my creative journey, and I know it's not going to be. Uh, I want to kind of throw this back though, in terms of like a different journey uh, per se is when I was in North Carolina. So like I said, I up and moved to North Carolina. I quit my job here in Wisconsin. And I knew I wanted to move there to pursue my career, but I was like, the only way to do it is just to quit my job, say goodbye to my boyfriend, he, my husband, now we didn't like break up or anything, but I was like, yeah, he supported it, but um, <laughs> say goodbye, like move out, grab, pack up my car and just hope for the best when I got there, which means I didn't have a job in place. I didn't know a single person in the state or surrounding states. It was insane. Wow. Um, but I was, I was young and hungry wow. You can say and I had two months to make, figure it out. In those two months, I applied to so many jobs in the worst job market ever, and which I didn't realize at the time. Thank mm-hmm. goodness I was naive. Um, but with that being said, I got offered a position at a, I think it was like a, they sold stuff online. So kind of like an online e-commerce place. And I was to be like kind of the intake and like assistant. And I would be working 40 hours a week at a decent hourly rate, wage at that time. And they're like, we can hire you by next week. And here I am, without a job, with like two months in this, you know, state I've never been. And I literally, I think I called my dad or my boyfriend or whatever, and was like, I just don't know if this is, this is it. Like, should I just take it because it's money? And that's kind of what you grow up learning is yeah. like, you know, I I need to take the take job, the job yeah. because that's stability and comfort and sp- you know all that. I remember just sitting there being like, okay, do I do this or not? And I just remember that I think completely changed the trajectory of my business and my my journey and my path because I decided not to take it and within a week I got a job at Mm. the cupcake place which then led me into finding a job at that like law firm which took me into a marketing company which took me into creating mint 102 which was like wedding branding which then started Saffron Avenue and like all these things started coming into place because I wasn't at a job forty hours a week that was just intake of like numbers. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just I don't know if that's the right like business no, it, it, it decision yeah, per se.
1: It absolutely is. Yeah, but it was a
2: huge. I just thought of this like not too long ago. I was like, wow, that could have changed everything for me,
1: really. Yeah, like that sliding doors moment. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like that relates to when you have client inquiries mm-hmm. and you, you feel like maybe, maybe this isn't a perfect fit, but I'll, I'll do it anyway because it's money and they're going to pay me. And I don't know about you, but I've found that if it doesn't feel mm-hmm. right and I say no, then like straight away, and Sam, this happens to you quite a mm-hmm. bit. And with Sam, it happens really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the next day or the next week, you get some amazing inquiry and you've got the space to fulfill it and say yes to it because you said no to the other thing. And I, I, I feel like that's such an important message to just not come from that place of like luck, you know, and, and really just trust Mm. yourself. So I love that.
0: Yes. And that's the big piece. Isn't it just trusting? Like you trusted Angela, that despite it really make, maybe making no sense from the outside you left everything and did that move mm-hmm. and then you said no to the job like you could have had that gut feeling gone oh no I don't mm-hmm. know or listened to the external people but you trusted it
2: and then that's like where the magic happens I agree like, and I and I think you're right with that like and it's almost like those little red flags if yeah red flags but that's actually just your gut being like hey like this is might not be the yeah. right fit and like It is, I think in, as a creative or like an entrepreneur or creative, it is so important to just take a minute and just listen to that feeling inside you, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Because I do think it just, Mm -hmm. I always believe though, in like mindset and like positivity brings positivity and negativity can pull negativity. So I feel like it just all kind of balances itself out when you just trust your gut. As easy as that is to say, sometimes it's hard to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, so I mean, Angela, you're now at this amazing point where you're about to hit 10 years. Thank you. Congratulations, by the way. We're so excited for you. We're so excited to see all these new, exciting things to come. But what advice would you share right now with an emerging um, creative entrepreneur?
2: Oh, so much, right? I feel like we all can. Um, I guess like a big part of just my and has been since I started is the kind of motto that's what I call it, a motto is to, to stay curious and always be creating. So I just feel like there's a part of, I mean, like you said, we've hit on this, of course, but like, there's so much magic in challenging yourself at learning something new, um, that can easily bring forth like some other journey or some other, you know, avenue of your business or just the avenue of just like peace within yourself is learning something new. I just think it's important. And of course, on the same side is making sure you're always creative. And that means also for yourself, like we hit on. If that's puzzles, if that's cross-stitching, whatever it might be, that's important. But as an emerging like entrepreneur or if it's like a brand designer or whatever, calligrapher, you name it, I always recommend to find one thing and just be really good at it. Be amazing at it, be better than better. And like, you know what I mean? Just be known for it and then move on to the next thing. I think there's this weird pressure right now and I think it's just the space that we're in online is that you always have to Mm -hmm. be creating something new and a new service and like trust me I have a lot going on my business but it's also been 10 years and there's a lot of things that failed (laughs) and there's a lot of things that didn't go well and like I tried certain things and I think I've learned that like I you don't have to do everything at once Um, because like I said if I didn't do branding then learn calligraphy first and do that and be more known for that I wouldn't have been able to have an online shop and like have the trust in you know potential customers who have been following me for years whatever it might be because I wasn't just pushing things out just because I needed to just to hopefully make some money I just think there's so much value being really good at something being known for it whichever you guys can relate to and then seeing if there's something else that you can add to or do
1: Next. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agree. You you can just get so diluted, Mm -hmm. can't you, if you're constantly, and and yeah, try new things behind the scenes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, absolutely. Being good at something and and being known for that. I love Mm -hmm. that. So that like when that particular thing comes to mind, you're like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone wants to show a template, oh yeah saffron app of course, of course. You know, yeah <laughs> of course. there's no one else out there kidding, no there is <laughs> no one else <laughs> there's a lot of amazing ones yeah i think that's yeah that's amazing advice. Um, amazing advice. and
2: one other thing is just don't copy like uh, that's like a big point i've dealt with this so much in the in these years these past years and I think, like I said, same thing. It's just, there's so many people in the space in the industry and Pinterest, Instagram, and especially TikTok. Like the only way to trend is if you copy someone's idea, which is a terrible process mm. in my head because it's making it okay mm-hmm. to copy. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't actually, I don't know much about TikTok. I didn't even know that was the thing. Well, to, I feel like okay. reels are probably the same. It's like, to do the same thing as someone
1: else who's trying to the same theme, the same music, yeah, imitating yeah. them. Yeah, and yeah, like, completely. that's just
2: kind of feeding yeah. into that. Oh, it's okay mm-hmm. to maybe copy this design. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's just huge as any, uh, for anyone just to like, you know, always just check yourself. Cause sometimes it happens on accident and I get that because you're so mm-hmm. inspired by various things. Maybe mm-hmm. some of you saw on Instagram or Pinterest and you are not even realizing but you're copying it and it's just making sure you use things
1: as inspiration
2: and making it your Mm -hmm. own Mm -hmm.
1: do you have any tips for designers and creatives in trying to if they like they're new and they're consuming so much they're on instagram they're on pinterest and they're they're seeing what they like um online Mm -hmm. you know to to really go back inwards and go okay what is it that i like like do you have any advice for for people on maybe a little bit of a process to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like with, and that can kind of go in two ways in a way of like, if you're creating something for another client, um, and there is so many of these avenues of inspiration, I feel like there's a really, me personally, I don't follow a lot of graphic designers on Instagram. And I think it just, it's to keep my head like elsewhere in my own lane Mm -hmm. to a point And with that being said, I just think it's really important because then you don't get that, oh, that designer did this. It's really inspiring, which is great because there's so many good designers out there. But I think it's important to maybe find that inspiration. If it's like, let me just pick up this magazine, this Vogue magazine that I haven't, you know, purchased in ever or whatever it might be, or if it's like hopping on, you know, Pinterest and getting inspiration that way, or actually it's just like traveling to a new city. And like, for me even like going to Palm Springs in California was like this huge piece of like just the architecture and the colors and like that was especially for you with the retro, I mean, I, the retro. yeah it's like you know you would love it's my that. spirit animal location I can tell you that much <laughs> but like that's like where I got I mean I think I had got inspiration for one of my semi-custom brands from that like There's so many different spaces to get inspiration from that it doesn't have to just be following like other designers necessarily or just on Pinterest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Get inspiration from life, Life. Mm -hmm. from your own life, nature, travel, like I said. Um, And just, Uh, yeah, stop that. Just excessive consuming mm -hmm. of, especially people in your industry. I think that's a really good tip.
0: And that would just bring so much more inner happiness and peace anyway. And then more success in your business, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Like when it is just
0: unique Mm -hmm. to you.
1: How have you dealt with that, Angela, with the copying? Like, I guess your mental health (laughs) with the copying, because obviously that would be so draining on you and Mm -hmm. so like disappointing that you'd sort of have to try and turn your mindset around a little Mm -hmm. bit, wouldn't
2: you? Yeah. So it's so hard to talk. Not No, it's not hard to talk about this. It's just hard to tell someone who is experiencing it for the first time that it's okay if that makes sense Mm. uh Mm -hmm. it's happened to me so much I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing I have no idea but like it's happened so much that I literally have like no emotion towards it which is good Mm -hmm. but also like that's unfortunate um (laughs) but I feel like there is in my experience with that like it's the process I take when someone, when I notice a design that was copied is to just sit on it, screenshot everything, ask my husband, it, am I being crazy? Like ask an outsider, am I being crazy? Is this too similar? Is this not like it is what it is? And then usually I reach out to them in a very friendly way and just like, mm-hmm. hey, designer to designer, or you know, person to person, like I noticed this is very similar, blah, 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 blah. Because of it, it brings that human connection, I think in a way, and granted that doesn't always, is not always received well, but for me, it kind of lets me share my actual heart with them and being like, this kind of, you know, it hurt my, it hurt me a little bit, you know, but maybe you didn't mm-hmm. need to. And no joke, usually like 90% of the time they get, they, they respond and apologize and we're like, that was not my intent you yeah, know, or my clients ask me for this, blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't even realize, which they might be lying. I have no idea, but they usually always change it, pull it down, whatever. So there's other times where they blatantly copy and you have to send out cease and desists, and they don't listen and like all that stuff. But in my personal, I think like mindset, you almost have to think, okay, well, are they really like, what are they going to do to your business? And yeah. What are they going to do your business? Are they going to put, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to fail? Yeah. Like, are they going to steal thousands of dollars from you? Which hopefully that person wouldn't, you know, take all that business <laughs> from you. But in my experience, looking back, cause I save a lot of those who copy is they're not in business anymore. I mean, there's mm-hmm. that's integrity is so important. And I think that is a huge part of your own business. So understanding the mindset behind why someone copies and how you can personally handle it is that it's really, it doesn't have to affect you to, you know, to that extent of like ruining. It's soul crushing at first. I get that. I've been there. Uh, yeah. It must've taken you a bit to get to it that It definitely doesn't yeah, like can you cannot think of anything else and you're just like angry and upset, but with anger can feel more anger. And there's so much negativity in that. And that's just not something I would want to carry on my shoulders or anything like that. So I just think, yeah, it's, it's taken, always taking a step back and really checking yourself to make sure, like, is this really going to, how much is this going to affect me? and How much time do I want to put into yeah. it? Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. I get, we're coming to the end of our interview. <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye to you. Is there no, anything that,
2: quickly.
0: yeah. Is there anything
2: you would want to leave anyone listening with today? Anyone who's listening, I would ask you to do one thing today or tomorrow on the weekend or whatever, whenever this might, you might listen to it, is just do something creative and different. Like I said, if that is just trying water. I think I needed that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Trying watercolor or buying that puzzle or, I mean, even trying a different book. I, I mean, anything that just takes your mind and more imagination, more inspiration. If it's trying a new restaurant, whatever it is, I don't know. I just think it's always really smart to just kind of, well, obviously do things for yourself, but initially like to do something creative for yourself is really important. Yeah, mix it up. Mm
1: -hmm. Such an important point. I love that. Thank you, Angela.
0: Thank you. Thank you so, so much for- Thanks for having me. Being here. Yeah. We love everything you do. We'll be following your journey. We're excited to see what's to come this year with your big launch. And we will be cheering you
1: on always. Absolutely. We're so excited. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on A Creative Life. You can follow our creative lives on Instagram at Castella Design, at Revelos Design, and of course the podcast Instagram at The Creative Life Podcast. If you like
0: today's episode and want to hear more, we would love it if you subscribe and leave a
1: review. And if you want to be featured on The Potty with your own question, shoot us an email to hello at acreativelifepodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you you next time. Big love.